Grace, mercy, and peace be with you this Good Shepherd Sunday, little flock, in the name of the Father, who sent forth his Son, and in whom we have life through the Spirit. Amen. I know that we normally end our readings with, this is the word of the Lord, and of course that is what Spencer and Bruce both did at the end of our first and second readings, but I was tempted to email them and let them know that at the end of that first reading, instead of saying, this is the word of the Lord, perhaps they should just end it by saying, and they lived happily ever after. It almost seems like a fairy tale, this reading from Acts chapter 2 and how everything was working out exactly the way the Lord promised it would, and how happy and joyous everybody was in the church, and how everything was going just according to plan. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And the prince married the princess, grandma was rescued from the wolf's belly, the girl was saved by true love's kiss, and they all lived happily ever after. And that might be why it is that so many churches, especially so-called non-denominational churches, evangelical churches in Canada and the United States, have written books and manuals and held workshops and presentations on how to get back to being the early church. How do we get back to being that Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47 verse, where it seems like everything is a fairy tale and everything is working out just so perfectly? After all, if, if our churches, if all of our congregations looked exactly like this, then who wouldn't want to join? And wouldn't the Lord be adding day by day to the numbers of those who are being saved? This church had everything in common. Instead of there having some people that have perhaps too much and some people who are constantly in need. Everybody in the church was filled with glad and generous hearts instead of complaining and complaints. And the church itself, the people of God, found favor even with those that were not part of the church. Instead of being surrounded by a society that finds the church at best distrustful, and at worst, something to be rid of entirely. Who wouldn't want to be this beautiful, perfect Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47 church? I mentioned in Bible study that I reached out to the Diocese of Montreal to see if there was any kind of a plan being put together for how we as religious communities are going to be able to open up again in the midst of this outbreak. Yes, the government is figuring out how to reopen Canadian Tire and stores that have access to the outside, even though the malls aren't going to be open. But of course, there's nothing in there about churches or synagogues or mosques, because after all, we are such a small, teeny tiny portion of the Quebec population. But for us, it really matters. And so when I went to the Diocese of Montreal website to see who I would get in contact with, to see who might be putting together a plan, I noticed something really interesting. And that is that on the very top right of the page, you can go and check this out later, there are two buttons. One button is make a donation. And the second button was report abuse. And that kind of sums up where churches are these days. Oh, the church just wants money, 
or, well, the church is responsible for so much evil in society today. Too often, we as Christians are more concerned about the outside of the building than what's happening with the people on the inside, or more concerned with the mechanics of the perfect online service than even worrying about the people who will be attending. All of us, people and pastors, can become consumed with all of these things that are not part of that essential definition of church that Luke lays out for us in the second chapter of Acts. But the reality is, even if those few verses in the second chapter of these works of the apostles seem like a fairy tale, the happily ever after didn't last very long. The prince gained weight. The princess looked back wistfully on her life with the dwarves and how great everything was then. And the wolf wishes that he'd made better mealtime choices. How do we know this? From the rest of the New Testament, where we get the rest of the story on what was really happening in the first few years of the Christian church. We don't have to read any further than Galatians to see that things weren't exactly the happily ever after that Luke is describing in his writings. Paul had to deal with the fact that there were Judaizers, even amongst the apostles, who had forgotten the great gift that God had given to us in Christ, the free forgiveness of sins, the grace that the Father had shown, and were starting to reintroduce the cultic laws into the life of the early Christian community. Paul writes to the churches in Galatia that when James and Kepha, the rock, Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us, Paul wrote, to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles, but when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. The true story of the early Christian church. Here are the two bedrocks of the Christian community, the two founders of the Church of Rome, Peter and Paul, going at it over the question of theology and the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 15, many chapters after Acts 2, records the council that was held to resolve these issues. And it reads well, it makes it sound like everybody got along and all the votes were unanimous and everybody feasted together after every session of the meetings. But Paul, here in Galatians, seems to be much more honest about what was really happening behind the scenes. All of which is to say that the early church itself had its own struggles. But the early church also still believed in the quote-unquote fairy tale. They still believed that despite all of these problems and all of these difficulties, what was happening amongst them was nothing less than the work of God in Jesus Christ. 
they were being saved by the work of the Spirit drawing them to Jesus. And they believed that the Lord himself was adding to their number every day. They saw, if you will, beyond the warts and the problems to the great work that God himself was doing. And that is often what happens with us and even with pastors, that we only see the warts and we never see beyond them to the great work that God is doing in our midst and amongst us. We don't often enough celebrate the good that the Lord is doing. And as I said, pastors can be especially guilty of this. I look around us at Ascension, and when I really reflect on it, I am awestruck by what God is doing amongst us, in us, and through us. That day, the other week, when my phone was lighting up with text messages and phone calls from people in the church saying, somebody just came by and dropped off surgical masks and gloves for us. I don't know who it was, but thank you, Pastor. I had nothing to do with this. It was a gift from our Chinese members who received gifts from other people in the Christian church and were spreading it around to people they felt at Ascension really needed them. Food being delivered to those who are shut in and shouldn't or can't go out to get it. And people volunteering to go and do it. Pastors or anybody that, that really needs to have deliveries, I would be happy to go and make those for them. People continually calling and checking in on each other. Pastor, I just talked to so-and-so. Can you follow up with them? Or I'll follow up with someone and they'll say, yeah, so-and-so just called me just to see how things were going. And the fact that amongst us as the people of God, there is no reason for anyone to be going hungry. We have all been given enough to help each other out. Which is not to say that Ascension Lutheran Church is some perfect congregation. There's never been such a perfect congregation. What we are is, if you pardon the expression, living the fairy tale. Living the work of God amongst us continuing to make of us his temple, strengthen us as his people. Because whether 2,000 years ago, or 500 years ago at the time of the Reformation, or right here in Montreal in the 21st century, or in the Cayman Islands, or in Illinois, or anywhere else any of you might be calling in from, we were the lost sheep, and our good shepherd has found us and brought us home. That's really what Acts chapter 2, verse 42 is all about. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Why? Why would they devote themselves to those things? Because that was how they heard the real story. Not the fairy tale, but the true history of what God had done to deliver them of sheep who had left the fold and went astray, each turning to his own way, of sheep who were scattered to become food for wild beasts, of sheep lost on the hillsides led astray by false shepherds, who had now been rescued by Jesus, who opens up the door and leads us out of the pen, who brings us, even in these times of quarantine and confinement, to still waters and green pastures, Jesus, 
the shepherd, the good one, as the Greek literally says, who lays down his life for the sheep. The church will always attract people, whether it seems like a fairy tale or a nightmare, not because the sheep are great, but because the shepherd is good. And that has always been what has built up the church of Christ. And they lived happily ever after. That's the good ending that we always hope for at the end of any story or movie. But you and I both know that in this life and in this world, things don't always work out that way. But our good shepherd has promised to each and every one of us a happily ever after. He died to earn it for you, and he asks each and every one of us to trust him to deliver it. He might deliver it tomorrow. It might be a hundred years from now. It might be a thousand years from now. We might be in confinement when he returns. We might have had seen everything return back to normal. But no matter what our personal circumstances might be, and no matter how or in what way the church might be gathered together, our shepherd has promised us to be the door out of which the sheep will be led to clear waters, to green pastures, where he will restore our souls and where we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, our good shepherd. Amen.